0: Hey, it's Robert. Next month's shows will take place Tuesday, May 9th at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego and Wednesday, May 17th at Bump Port Theater in Denver. The theme that we will be addressing is Fashion Victim. Next storyteller. All right, next storyteller. This next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Welcome to the Narrators podcast. This podcast collects stories that were told at the Narrators, a monthly storytelling event that features people telling true stories based on a theme. This story about a short and peculiar list comes from first-time storyteller Sarah Nathan. Sarah's story was recorded live on April 11th, 2017 at Tiger Tiger Tavern in San Diego. The theme of the evening was jinx.
1: On January 23rd, 2010, I did something exceedingly dumb. It was the second semester of senior year of college, which excuses a few things. I was facing lots of questions about where I would go after college and what I would do and if I would even have a job, which was, thanks to the recent recession, looking harder than expected, and I wanted to impose some order on the chaos. So I sat down, and in this notebook, I wrote a short list of things I have no desire to ever do with my life. As far as I can tell, all I did with this is jinx myself and thereby guarantee I would do everything on this list. So some of the items on this list I haven't done yet and might never do. Uh, there is still hope. I still haven't, uh, I still haven't run a marathon, comma, triathlon, etc. Dodged a bullet there. And I haven't learned German. In fact, I am taking French, so take that list. Nor do I, nor have I owned, and I quote, one or more large, drooly, smelly dogs. Whether I was slandering all dogs as drooly, large, and smelly, or merely objecting to a specific subcategory of dogs remains unclear. I do know that I was recently looking up whether you can keep a St. Bernard in a one-bedroom apartment, so I think I only get half credit for avoiding that one so far. Uh, But there are two other items on this list, and that is where the jinx really comes into play. One of the things I never wanted to do with my life was uh, move to D.C. or the D.C. suburbs. (laughs) Because I'd been to Bethesda, Maryland once and hated it, so therefore, who needed D.C.? Yet, surprising no one more than myself, in the teeth of the recession, I found temporary post-graduation employment in D.C., so a mere six months after declaring I never wanted to do it in my life, I packed up and moved to the D.C. suburbs. <laughs> you may think at this point that I would feel sheepish, that I would feel a bit silly that, about this list, uh, but I just took it in stride because this was, as far as I was concerned, a one-degree deviation from the course I had planned. I would go to D.C. for a little bit. It was a temporary job. And then I would do what I had always planned to do. I would move to New York. I'd grown up visiting family and friends in the city, and as far as I was concerned, New York was the best place on earth. You could walk out of your front door and go anywhere and do anything. There were bookstores and theaters and bagels and tree-lined streets and gorgeous old buildings, and I was going to get a job there no matter how many times I had to trek up on the bus. So subsequently, in the course of what remains the craziest week I've ever experienced in my life, I got a New York job, broke up with my boyfriend, signed a sublet agreement, and won $20 in Atlantic City. (laughs) I moved to Brooklyn. I didn't know a thing about it, other than that it was slightly cheaper than Manhattan. And I found a huge room in an old brownstone. I was half a block from Delicious Coffee, two blocks from Fresh Bagels, four blocks from the subway, and six blocks from, yes, the bookstore. I was having a blast. I was going to see my favorite author's talk. I was spending hours walking around my neighborhood. I was going to underground comedy shows, like literally underground, they were in the basement of my local bar. And I was not doing the very last thing on the list, which was move to California. (laughs) Yeah, about that. A few years into my stay in New York, I fell in love with a UC San Diego grad student. And after more years of dating long distance, it was pretty clear that I might want to think about moving to where he was, to California, to not Brooklyn. And beyond the usual questions of what would I do for work and how would we like living together, there was another question at stake, one that made me feel really panicky every time I tried to figure out the way forward. Somewhere along the way, I wasn't just living in Brooklyn. I had become a person who lived in Brooklyn. Everything I did had become part of my identity, and I didn't know how to change what I did without completely changing my own idea of myself. How was I going to know that I still was a bookworm if I didn't live near the bookstore and go in all the time? How was I going to know that my friends were still my friends if I didn't have coffee and ice cream with them regularly? How was I going to feel free if I couldn't just walk out the door and take the subway or a bus or my own two feet to wherever I wanted to go? I didn't know what change was going to be like, except that it meant I was going to do different things, which meant that I was going to be a different person, and that was going to be worse. Definitely worse. Appreciating what I had had turned into grabbing on. Being grateful had turned into being scared to lose. And staying in New York, not taking a step I wanted to take, meant being a person who stayed scared. I'd like to say that I just refused to stay scared, that all I had to do was make one decision and carry it out. Instead, I flailed and I worried. I had a knot in my stomach for months. Not wanting to be scared was something okay, but how? I inched forward. I let myself think just a little bit about what might be beyond the knot in my stomach. Everything was going to be different if I left Brooklyn, but maybe, just maybe, some of the things that would be different would be, well, if not better, than comparably good. (laughs) The comparisons occurred to me slowly over weeks. I could eat breakfast burritos instead of fresh bagels. I could read outdoors in the sunshine instead of on the subway. I could have coffee with one set of friends and email the other no matter which city I was in. And all those actions, they reflected the person I wanted to be too. And bit by bit, it stopped looking like I was going to lose myself. It just looked like I was going to change myself. And one of the ways I would change would be that I change into someone who didn't let her fear define her. That was how I wanted to go forward. On the day before Thanksgiving, 2015, I boarded a plane at JFK and stepped out at San Diego. I've been here ever since, learning who I am when you put me somewhere else. It turns out I am still a person who has friends in New York, who can never pass by a bookstore without going in, who rails about transit options and neighborhood life. And now there are new parts to who I am, too, parts it turns out I like. I'm a climber at the bouldering gym down the road from my apartment. And I'm someone who goes for a lot of long walks still. Now most of those walks are down in Ocean Beach. Um, they've got a beach down there for dogs to run around, and I love watching them splash in and out of the waves. And, you know, maybe I'll get a dog, like a really large, kind of drooly, energetic one, and we can train for a marathon together. <laughs>
0: Thanks, Sarah Nathan. Welcome to California. <laughs> the Narrators is produced by Robert Rutherford, Mary Robertson, Aaron Rollman, and me, Ron Doyle. Our assistant producer is Sydney Crane. Our theme music is by Whalehawk. And our founder and executive producer is Andrew Orvital. A very special thanks to our amazing sponsors, Illegal Pete's, Sexy Pizza, From the Hip Photo, and Renegade Brewing Company. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app.